Good morning. So as not to be too much of a distraction, I'll get to this about halfway into the message. It was either this or Lederhosen, so <clears throat> I think I chose wiser. We are in the middle of a sermon series. Actually, we're beginning to wind it down. Next week with Father's Day will be the, the last uh, reflection as we get to reflect on the idea of growing closer to Jesus and our whole family doing that here, one of our core values as a church. Today we're going to look at the idea of, of Christian community and what that looks like and God's expectation for that. Uh, but before we go into that, will you bow your heads and, and pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for the opportunity to gather here with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, a little later this afternoon, we're going to have the opportunity to celebrate our heritage uh, and who we are unique to this community. Uh, Lord, you have us here for a reason. You have us here for a purpose. And I pray as we're winding down today uh, that we know what that is uh, as we live out the calling that you placed in our lives. Amen. So a lot of times at the beginning of worship, if I have the opportunity to do a greeting, it'll be something along the lines of this. We're here at, at God's invitation uh, to hear his word and to, as we have today, receive the sacrament, to be fed and nourished uh, with uh, what God has meaning to give. You're here at his invitation. You're not here by accident. You're not here by mistake. God has you here for a purpose. And so for an hour, hour and 15 minutes of the preacher goes long, you have an opportunity to be here in God's presence, to hear his word, to be nourished, and then go out and be sent. You're sent with a purpose. And today I'm going to remind you that it's not just one hour that you're here uh, for a purpose, but it's seven days a week, 365 or 366 days out of the year, depending on if it's a leap year, that you get to live on purpose for Jesus. Well, what does that look like for the Christian church to do that? Well, Paul laid it down for us. Actually, it was Jesus who inspired Paul to write these words. And I'm going to go there with me. I'm going to take you all the way to Romans chapter 12. All right, so it says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Abhor is a word that means to have disdain or hate, right? Strong word. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. And if you're competitive, outdo one another. In showing honor, be, don't be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. And the next set of words, it says, uh, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, seek to show hospitality. This is all things that Paul is just laying out as commands from our Lord and Savior Jesus. He gets into this idea of Bless those who persecute you. And, and church, this is good words for us as we move into the future, and we know that that's coming. Bless those who persecute you. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. And eventually, Paul lands on this verse. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So let me ask you, how's this going? Seven days a week, 365 days a year, are you able to live at peace with everybody in your community? and the people around you? Or are you at odds with them? Because maybe they look a little different than you. Or they do things a little differently than you. Or maybe it sets you just a little bit uncomfortable and you don't know what to make of them, right? Kind of like you felt when I walked out wearing this thing. Are we living at peace with all? That's the call that Jesus places on our life. And that's, that's actually a command. 
Well, some of us maybe go, well, you know, Pastor, that's, that's all law. There's not a whole lot of gospel in that particular text. And, and we know what Jesus did for us. And, and so, you know, if I, I get that wrong, well, you know, Jesus is going to forgive me. Uh, or, or maybe you just get to the point where I'm, you just throw your hands up in the air and you're just like, I'm not going to worry about them. Well, that's all fine and good if the only relationship that mattered was your relationship to the Lord. And our relationship to God is important. We heard that in the gospel. It's first and foremost. Love him with all our heart, soul, and mind, and strength in some translations, right? But then what does he also say? He says, love your neighbor as yourself. So there's this other aspect there. And that's what is hard for us to do as brothers and sisters. Last week, Pastor Kaiser talked about how we as family can be dysfunctional. You take that outside of the immediate family context, boy, we can definitely be dysfunctional with one another. But here's the thing. Jesus gave us these commands after he rose from the dead. So he expects us to do it. So if Jesus expects us to do it, and we don't want to cheapen his grace by saying, if I get it wrong, he's going to forgive me anyway, because I value the people that Jesus puts in my life. How in the world are we going to get there? To this place where we're able to love genuinely, abhor what is evil, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, and ultimately live at peace and harmony with all. Well, Paul doesn't leave us hanging. Actually, I don't have it on the screen, but Romans 12, verse 1, it says it this way. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, and, and we can add sisters there, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So Paul gives us the answer on how we get to live and how we should be living out our Christian faith. By the mercies of God. By the mercies of God, when you look to the cross, when you consider what Jesus has done for you and the forgiveness that he's given to you and all of your shortcomings and all your failures and how Jesus wants you here in this place and he welcomes you with open arms. When you consider what Jesus has done for you, are you motivated to love more and forgive more? There's a story in the scripture that Jesus relates to. There's a woman who comes to wash his feet using her hair and, and wiping his feet with tears. And the context is that she is obviously someone that lived a, a life of ill repute. And this is what Jesus says to her in Luke chapter 7. He says, Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. Folks, when we've been touched, when we've been transformed, when we have forgiveness flowing out of our hearts and love, compassion, mercy, and grace, out of a response to what Jesus did, let that be the thing that informs our relationships and fosters up this community that we're in. Seeing that Jesus died for the person that we're interacting with, even if they act or look differently than us, fostering a relationship, getting to talk with one another, having conversations by the mercies of God, we love because Jesus loved us first, by God loved us, right? And Paul actually, he, he doesn't just talk about this in a vacuum. He takes the entire letter to the Roman church and just lays out God's mercies one right after another. And I'm going to do that for you right now. Romans chapter 3 Paul says this way, he says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And yet, he puts Jesus forward as a propitiation, as the payment for our sins. 
Romans 3, that's God's mercy. Romans 5, it says, Therefore we've been justified by faith with the peace that we have through God. For while we were weak in some areas of scriptures, while we were yet God's enemies, Christ died for the ungodly. Think about that the next time you encounter someone that you think is living contrary to what God's word is. Christ died for them. Christ died for us. And by his blood on that cross, we're justified and we're pronounced righteous before God. Romans 6, it says, We've been joined with Jesus in our baptism, crucified and raised to new life. Romans 8 says, There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. These are the mercies of God. Paul laying them out one right after another after another. And he says, In response to these mercies, love genuinely. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't be overcome by it. Let God handle that. Rather, what he wants us to do is be community. God raised up a village. All right, and now I'm going to get to the reason why I'm wearing this thing. I had the privilege of having my little one on my own for a weekend. My wife was over on the other side of the state for a continuing ed class, and I had the responsibility of being at worship and leading worship a couple of weekends ago. So I show up to church with a stroller, a little girl, a diaper bag, pushing through those sanctuary doors, wearing this thing with that stroller, and people are like, what is he doing? So I'm just paying you all back for that, right? So what is he doing? I parked my little girl in the front row of that little seat just under the pulpit, and I prayed for an hour that she was going to be okay. Developmentally, she's only three years old, and there was going to be a time where Daddy would have to get up and go work. And I was just praying that she was going to be okay. Well, Pastor Eden, who had some mercy on me, said, I'm going to go sit. He, he didn't ask me. He just went. And he sat down next to her to make sure she was okay. And then at the 9.30 service, we, the preaching pastor, have to leave and come to get ready for worship here. Uh, so Daviana was on her own. I'm up leading church. And guess what? Two of our members with silver hair, who Davy, anybody she sees that says silver hair, she calls them grandma or grandpa. They came and they sat down next to her. And she was just as content as can be. Do you know how cool that was as a dad? To see somebody who you didn't ask see your daughter and love them and make sure they're okay and compassionate. Folks, my family has received that kind of compassion from this community over and over and over again. And I know that there are some of you that have received this, this idea of welcoming part of this community. I know farmers who've been sick and had fellow farmers lay seed because you couldn't do it. I know family members who've been ill and a meal brought to your doorstep because you couldn't actually cook that meal. I'm not alone. But boy, I sure stand out in the community from time to time. And I wonder, I just wonder if there's people in our community that might be invisible to us, that we can show the love of God also. And I'm just going to throw one on the video screen uh, for the next few moments. So would you uh, just draw your attention here?
she was at the drive-in window. She was busy filling orders for fries and Cokes and large shakes. But we noticed that when the traffic stopped, when there was a lull, she'd go right to the corner. And there were three kids sitting there with books and papers and pencils out. They were doing their homework at 4 p.m. in the afternoon. And she was obviously their mom, likely a single mom, helping them with their homework between cars and customers. She's typical of a whole lot of people in this country who are poor, often women with children. She was invisible. You wouldn't notice her, and that's the problem. We have a lot of attention given to uh, soccer moms, to NASCAR dads, but not much to Burger King moms, who are probably trying to juggle most days paying for rent or buying winter boots for their kids, just trying to survive and having to help their kids with their homework between orders at the local Burger King. That story plays out here in town. That video was about 12 years old and, and as we uh, got into this idea of just being able to, all right, who isn't here that we can be reaching out to as a congregation? Um, this one came to my mind uh, as I was getting ready to do this community message. But folks, how cool was it that that mom's boss thought outside of the box just a little bit and said, you know what, it's okay that your kids are taking up a table and, and doing homework and, and, and you're, you know that they're okay. They're doing homework, you can, you're checking in on them. How cool is it is that the boss thought outside the box a little bit there and just let her do what she needed to do to provide for her family. And I know that there are business owners downtown that are asking that same kind of question. We have people who are invisible that we just need to, to help. And, and how cool is it that we can do that? That just we can find ways outside the box to think a little bit. I don't know if you notice this, church, but in the last several weeks, we've been looking for ways to minister to those that some may just feel like they're invisible. In my little one-weekend experience of, of wrestling and, and meeting the needs of my daughter and trying to show up to work and, and juggle, I was grateful for a community that I know that would just love me regardless of what was going to take place, even if Daviana acted up. But we have people who don't understand that there's a kind of welcome here. They, they think about the daunting task of trying to get diaper bag and, and, and children and, you know, they get just to the car and uh, potty time and you got to go back and, you, and it's 1043 and you got to show up to church at 1055. Thank you, Lord, that the lights are off because I don't want people seeing on them late. You know, that kind of effort takes a lot of courage. And so I don't know if you noticed this, but the last couple of weekends, we've had little reserve seats back here. And that's for families that are just, just need a little extra support. That's for families that we're saying, we're, it's, we're, you know what? We understand diaper changes. We understand your needs. And, and, and if we can just do anything to make it a little easier to help you get here, great. But we also know this, church, that if someone has to choose between 
working and, and, and earning an income with just enough to, to, to put food on the table or to miss that income and show up to a place like this, what do you think is going to win out? I tell you, more often than not, the physical needs are going to win out, right? So church, we're not going to always see them coming through the doors. But you know what we can do? We can go to them. We can be the church beyond the walls to them. And so as we encounter people who are maybe a little different, maybe it's social economics, maybe it's something else. But we can be like Jesus, who took on human flesh and came in the midst of our needs and built a relationship with us. And we can do that also. Because we recognize that we want our entire family, our entire community to be able to grow closer to Jesus here. And so we can have conversations. We can say, hey, what can I be praying for? What are your real needs? And how can we meet that as a community? Because, boy, we do that well in this town. If we know your needs, we're going to meet them. I've been on the receiving end. You've been on the receiving end. And we get to continue to do that, receiving and giving, as God sees fit. He has us here for a purpose. He has us here to show how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. He has us here so that all people are able to grow closer to him. Amen? Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard our hearts in Jesus, in Christ Jesus. Amen.